Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 10th episode of the Hockey Collective Show. Nick Bowens joined by Tyler Mataraz and Mac Fleming. As always, Ty, how you been, brother? I've been great, been busy, uh, working a lot, uh, watching a lot of soccer. The World Cup's on, boys. I don't know how into it you guys are, but uh, I've been watching a lot of soccer every single day. It's been fun, and we're coming off a 5 nothing shutty in Beer League, so couldn't ask for a, a better start to a Monday, Mac. Yeah, we had a huge win against one of the best teams in the league there on Friday, and uh, our team's looking like it's it's going up and up. Uh, Nick, you'd experienced uh, American Thanksgiving for the first time. How was that? Yes, I did. American Thanksgiving. It was awesome. I was uh, I was down in Maryland at my girlfriend's family there. Um, flight was canceled Sunday night. Ended up coming home today uh, midday, but hey, little adversity. Smooth seas never made a skilled sailor, so you know, we're back here now in time to record the pod Monday night. I got the Dominator Dominic Hasek jersey on here, one of the best logos ever. I think we're going to do some jersey rankings at some point here, fellas, but I think right now we're going to stick to the on-ice stuff. We are going to take uh, turkey time team review here. They always say American Thanksgiving, if you're not in the playoffs, you're not going to make the playoffs. 87.5% of teams over the last, I think it's 10 years that are not in the playoffs at this point of the season, do not make the playoffs. So we're going to take a look around the league. We're going to run through every division, touch on every team. A couple of people have said, oh, you haven't touched on my team in a couple of weeks. So we're going to run through them all here. We're going to touch on all of them. We're going to look back at our predictions from the start of the season, see how wrong we all were. But Ty, how's that sound? It sounds great. And one last thing before we get into it, what was the uh, the best thing you ate other than the turkey? Like, we haven't experienced American Thanksgiving. Mac and I, we've just done the regular Canadian one, but like best thing you ate down there. It, honestly, a lot of the foods were pretty similar. Um, okay. Bigger, uh, bigger dishes and everything. But the one that uh, the one that we made in Mac, I know I told you about it was the sweet potato casserole. I thought they were kidding. I didn't know that nice. was a thing. Boys, it was delicious. I sent my mom the recipe already. So sounds uh, good. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I was hoping you said that one. Yeah, no, that was a hit. That was a hit for sure. But let's dive into it here, fellas. We're going to start with maybe the most surprising division this season, the Metro. We had some uh, pretty heated discussions in uh, in our preview episodes between the Rangers and the Canes. And looking at it now, that's not the teams we should be looking at. The New Jersey Devils are atops of the division. Everybody knows about their winning streak. They are first with a record of 18 and 4, 36 points. All three of us had them in seventh place. Mac, talk to me about New Jersey. Uh, the last two seasons going into the seasons, and Nick can kind of confirm this as well. I've had New Jersey very, very high statistically. And this season, because of the last two seasons, because they flopped so hard, I was like, no, I'm not falling for this stat- stats crap again. Put them down. At, I think it was seventh. I had them at, and now I just it's kicking me in the kicking me in the butt because uh, I've been high on them for the last couple of years, and they're finally they're finally pulling it off. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Tyler, what do you think it is that has brought them to this next level this year? It's obviously goaltending with Vitek Vanacek, but they're actually scoring goals. Like Nick, I think you would agree with this. The Rangers probably should be leading in goals for right now in the Metro Division. No, it's the New York Rangers or New York, New Jersey Devils. Somehow it should be the New York Rangers. But goaltending plus scoring—that's what get, that's what's going to get you first place in the Metropolitan Division. That's what's going to get you a ten-plus game winning streak, which it's really unheard of nowadays in the National Hockey League. So yeah, this is a contender. And all of us having them in seventh, I think, was valid before the start of the season. They just caught some fire early, and they're probably the funnest team to watch right now in the National Hockey League. 
Absolutely. They have, the high, they have the highest expected goals for and the lowest expected goals against in the league, which is insane. Yeah, it all and, makes and sense. To be this far into the season and that hasn't changed. Mac, you mentioned that like three weeks ago, right? And it, it, they're still there. So they've been super impressive. There's not much else to touch on other than you hope they can keep doing this all season because a lot of people are looking at it as a fluke based off the last couple of years. But Ty, like you said, the goaltending's been good. And, and in this league, that's what it takes most nights is good goaltending. We look at the next place team in, in the Metro here, the Islanders. They're getting great goaltending from Sorokin, and that's the reason that they're in second place. Ty, what have you seen on Long Island? Yeah, they're kind of just playing a different brand of hockey this year. Matt Barzell didn't score until like 15, 20 games in, whatever it was, and he's putting up points pretty much every single night. And it's the goaltending for me with the New York Islanders. It kind of came back to bite them last year where defensively they weren't good in front of Sorokin and Varlamov, and this year they are. And, and Mac. I'd say it right now. It's November 28th. I think Ilya Sorokin is going to win the Vesna Trophy this year. I wouldn't have said that before the season, but at this point, we know Allmark's been good in Boston. We'll talk a little bit about him. We know Hellebuck's been good in Winnipeg, where the Jets come from. But man, Ilya Sorokin, just watching him move in net, and he barely moves because he's that good. It's so fun to watch. So that's a big reason why the Islanders will be a playoff team this year and, and probably stay within that top three. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been on another level this year. He's kind of taken that uh, Ilya versus Igor thing seriously and uh, is really putting in the competition for uh, King of New York, I guess you could say. Uh, I, I don't think it could be overlooked that they are top five in goals for right now in the league. So they're scoring a lot more goals than they usually do. Uh, and it looks like they're having a lot more fun than they have in the last couple of seasons under Trotz. So. Yeah, it's the first time that they've been fun to watch in a couple of years. They've been a good team, obviously, but now they're getting to that fun to watch territory, which is Obviously promising for the fans on Long Island. Uh, like I said, they sit second right now. 15 and 8 is their record. Mac, you and I had them sixth. Ty, you were a little bit better, had them fourth place. You had them taking the wild card. So not too bad there. Um, but one of the aforementioned teams, the Carolina Hurricanes, Mac, you've been all about them. They look good, but not great. Third place, 11, 6, and 5, getting a lot of those overtime points, which has them where they are today. Um, ahead of the season, you had them first, Ty, you and I had them second. What have you seen so far, Mac, and what do they need to improve on? Just finishing, really. I mean, I mean they've been really good statistically, like the advanced stats-wise, but they're, I think it's uh, goals scored for above expected is like minus 22 right now. Like they're just not finishing, not getting those bounces that they need. Uh, Freddie being hurt obviously is a big one, although Kachetkov's been very good in, in relief. Um, and that is a four by two contract they signed him for is, is crazy good with uh, potentially Ranta leaving next year. Uh, so that tandem of Anderson and Kachekov will be great for years or the foreseeable future. Anyway, uh, I think they're going to bounce back and I still have them finishing first in the division, even over devils right now. I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit uh, and Carolina will start finishing a lot more as well. Yeah, it's just the scoring issues, right? You know who they can use guys, Max Pacioretty. <laughs> like if Pacioretty didn't get hurt, while training for the season and getting ready, I think the Carolina Hurricanes would be in a much different position. Just imagine Pacioretty and Ajo potentially playing together. Tara Vinan's been hurt as well. I think that's a big thing. We all had high hopes for Seth Jarvis. He's done okay, but maybe hasn't lived up to expectations this uh, early into the season. So I like the Canes as well. They're not going to finish first, Mac. Uh, I still think that they finish second behind the New York Rangers, who obviously need to make up some ground if they want to catch the New Jersey Devils. But uh, the Canes, they're a really fun team to watch. They just haven't figured it out yet early in the season. 
Yeah, I think that Pacioretty addition, whenever he ends up getting healthy, could be a big one. Boy, he'd love to have Jake Gardner back there if he was healthy. <laughs> but uh, no, I think the Canes are going to move their way up. Like you said, Mac, they're a consistent team, night in, night out. You know what you're going to get. That's what a Rod Brendamore team is. So I don't think we have to worry about the Hurricanes falling down the standings at any point here. It's only a matter of how many spots do they climb up as we progress through the season. Um, one team that has kind of been all over the place so far to start the year. They ended up uh, lower in the standings after a really hot start and now have kind of find their way back to the middle of the pack. The Pittsburgh Penguins, we all had them third place. They are sitting in fourth place, two points behind Carolina, one point ahead of the Rangers. Ty, what are your thoughts on Pittsburgh? They're a weird team, right? Like you still can't put your finger on who the Pittsburgh Penguins are. They go on winning streaks of like four plus games. They go on losing streaks at some point. And you're like, who are these Pittsburgh Penguins? We know they're an older team. They're not the fastest team in the Metropolitan Division by any means, but I'm still kind of scratching my head as to what the Pittsburgh Penguins are. I know they will be a playoff team. I'm still confident in that. But like when you're losing like three, four games in a row and then you're winning game, like three, four games in a row, it just doesn't make much sense to me. So hopefully Sidney Crosby can kind of rally the troops. He's been unbelievable. Watching 87 in Pittsburgh games is so fun, but I still uh, have a lot of confidence in Pittsburgh, but they got to stop this losing and, and yeah, do that soon because the Rangers are coming back. I don't know. I think it's Jake Gensel's team right now. I mean, they had a hot start. He was healthy. He got hurt. They sucked for about a week and a half, two weeks. He came back, and they're about eight, three, and one since he returned, uh, and looking good again. I don't know. Uh, obviously, Sidney Crosby is still the guy there. He's got tons of points again this year. But Gensel in the lineup, whether it's his two-way play or what, uh, really significantly helps that team. It seems like. Yeah, and like you said, Crosby's been absolutely lights out. He's basically willed them back to this middle-of-the-pack position here. I want to see more out of their goaltending. I know we said at the start of the season, I'm not that high on Jari or to Smith. They've both been fine, but to me, when you're a bubble team like this, you need a goalie that's going to steal you some games to get you over the hump. So I want to see that out of Pittsburgh. The Rangers up next, fifth place. Ty, you and I want them in first. They've been pretty inconsistent, and Shesterkin hasn't really been the guy that he was last year. He's still been good, but like you said, Max Sorokin's taken that belt away from uh, guys like Vassy and Shesterkin. Ty, what do uh, what do the blue shirts need to fix? They need to fix even strength scoring. Like you watch them on the power play. They sling the puck around. They get it done on the man advantage. But man, even strength like Mika Zibanejad has been, I'd say, less than average uh, this season. Artemi Panarin's been okay. He finally broke his goal uh, uh, slump today. It's Monday when we're recording this, and he finally scored a goal. It had been forever since he had. So good on the bread man getting it done. But it's the even strength play that I want to see improve, guys. Uh, Igor Shesterkin will improve as the season goes along. I have a lot of confidence in that. If he ever goes down, Yaroslav Halak being their goaltender, that could be a disaster. Nick, we could look like idiots for sure if it's a locks net, but hopefully that doesn't have to happen. But I really like the New York Rangers. And Mac, with the Islanders and Devils playing so well this year, it's crazy to think which two good teams are going to miss out on the playoffs. Is it the Rangers? I don't know. I don't think so. Is it Pittsburgh? Maybe, but man, the New York Rangers got to make the playoffs this year after going on a deep run last season. I agree, and they've kind of hit the same spell as the the Hurricanes, right? They've been out shooting teams. They've been, um, you know, getting their chances. They're just not finishing five on five, like you said, Ty. And a sixty six goals from that kind of that depth of on front and from the back end too, with the offense that that back end can provide. Uh, sixty six goals through twenty two games, three goals per game is not enough for them. Uh, even with Shesterkin, as you said, Nick, he's not playing like he did last year, but he's still playing better than most goalies in the NHL right now. 
Definitely is. Um, next team up here is the Washington Capitals. They sit sixth in the Metro. Ty, you and I had them fifth. Mac, you had them fourth with the wild card. They are below 500, fellas. Their defense is abysmal. I'm going to hop in here before dishing it around because I just don't get the philosophy of this team. Injuries are obviously the story. They've had a lot of big names out. Wilson, Backstrom, Hagelin's missed time, Mantha's missed time, et cetera, et cetera. Oshie as well. You run down the list, almost all of their wingers have missed time this season. Connor Brown's out for the season. I'm just going to keep thinking of guys as we go here. But my whole thing with these Capitals is we look at the New Jersey Devils with Vitek Venecek. We look at the Leafs with Ilya Samsonov. Why did they let these guys go? Those are two good young goalies. I love Darcy Kemper. I think that's a great pickup, but they pushed themselves into that signing. What if they had have used that five plus million dollars on a defenseman to shore up one of the worst decors in hockey? I think they could be in such a better position. I feel bad for my boy Ovi. Tyler, you agree with me on the Capitals or what? I agree with everything you've said, except I don't like Darcy Kemper. Man, imagine they use that money, Nick, to go out and sign, I don't know, John Klingberg, who was a free agent forever. Like, John Klingberg would have fit in on the Washington Capitals if they maybe kept Vanacek or kept Samsonov, one of the two guys. But I I see the sexiness in signing Darcy Kemper. You get him there for a long term. Okay, we hope he does well. But the injuries, Nick, you just ran through the list. It's ridiculous the bad luck the Washington Capitals have had. A team we're going to talk about soon, they've had that, but they didn't have as high expectations. That's the Columbus Blue Jackets. But, Mac, this team is going to finish below where you had them. They're going to finish below where Nick and I had them. Uh, They just are are in for a rough year, but at least Ovechkin still still scoring goals. Yeah, he's at 11 or 12 now, I believe. Most of them on the power play because that's what he does. Uh, which is a good thing and nice to see. Uh, He's closing in on 900 now. I believe he's eight or nine away right now, uh, which is, again, cool to see. Hopefully he gets that and more this year. Um, But, yeah, injuries have riddled his team. Their defense looks, again, abysmal, like Nick said. I don't have much more to say about this team than you guys already haven't, so uh, maybe we'll move on to Philadelphia here. Yeah, Philadelphia is another one. They started hot, right? Everybody was like, oh, it's a Tortorella team. We said it too, right? It was Tortorella hockey for the first couple weeks of a season. And now we're seeing what happens when you don't have enough skill to keep up, especially in the Eastern Conference, right, fellas? The Flyers, we all had them eighth. They sit in seventh. They've got 19 points. Again, they've got five overtime losses, which helps that total early on in the season. Ty, any hope for Philly fans? No, the Flyers are abysmal. Uh, they last one November 8th. They are terrible. It's like it was fun watching the Flyers when they were winning hockey games. And yeah, we maybe drank the Kool-Aid on John Tortorella just a yeah. little. I think the entire hockey world did. Um, Carter Hart was playing great as well. But man, like there, there's been some injuries here and there. Their lines are always shuffled. They have so many guys that probably should be on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the lineup right now. They're making waiver claims for former Columbus Blue Jackets that Tortorella had. It's just a recipe for disaster this season for Philly Mac. I do not like this season for them. And and if I'm a Flyers fan, I want them to finish in dead last. I want the best shot at Connor Bedard. It was fun at the start of the year, but let's get pain throughout the rest of the season for the Flyers. Yeah, one of their lone bright spots recently anyway was Travis Konechny and how he's on the IR as well. Uh, Just like you said, the injury bug. Um, Carter Hart started the season well, and now he's kind of fallen into the trap of that, that poor, poor defensive play. Uh, you know, the end guys like D'Angelo, Ristolainen, they're just they're great offensive talents, but defensively, they're not it. Uh, this team is is very under mid, as most uh, most young kids say these days. What are you a Gen Z now, Mac? Whoa, 
Jeez, that's a that's a pull right there from Mac. But yeah, moving on here, Columbus. I mean, like you guys said, injury riddled. Not much to say there, except for their defense is awful. We're gonna play a, a new little game here called Columbus Blue Jackets Defense Core. We've got Vladislav Gavrikov, Marcus Bjork, Jake Christensen, Eric Goodbranson, Gavin Bayreuther, and Andrew Peak. If you think you're going to compete at the NHL level with those six being your D, I know Wierenski's out, I know Boquist, blah, blah, blah. That's not a viable D corpse at the NHL level. They are going to stay eighth place. I'm the idiot who said they were going to compete for the wild card and finish fourth in the division. Mac, you had him fifth. Tyler, you had him sixth. These guys are eighth and they're staying eighth. Tyler, agree? Uh, I'd say seventh. I think the Flyers are going to move down to that eighth position, but man, like... I've talked about this decor a lot on our show on NHL Network Radio, and it's honestly funny doing it every time. I feel bad for the Jackets. Like, Good Branson was even down for a little bit. You mentioned Boquist, Wierenski, Bean, like your top three defensemen virtually that are out. And we're going to see NHL debuts soon from other players. Tim Burney was in warm-ups tonight. He's not playing, not making his NHL debut. Never heard of him before. Some guy named Billy Sweezy, already one of the best names, and he hasn't played an NHL game yet. <laughs> but Billy Sweezy's coming as well, boys. They're going to have like 13, 14 guys that have played on that decor this year. So it's uh, it's tough sledding right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Johnny Gaudreau picked there for a long, long time. Was it a bad decision? Probably. Um, but man, it, it, the injury bug, like we've talked about with other teams, has just absolutely killed the Jackets. Yeah, and like you said, I think once a few of these guys come back, uh, especially like Maris Leakins, uh, who can steal games when he's healthy, um, they will push ahead of the Flyers, in my opinion. Um, maybe even ahead of the Capitals if the Capitals stay injury riddled as well. Um, but they're not making a push for the playoffs this year. Uh, I'm hoping they get over that 85.5 mark, but uh, it's not looking too pretty right now. Yeah, that's steep. That's steep. But that wraps up the Metro here, fellas. Overall, it was our worst division for projections. I was off by 22 slots in our preseason rankings. Mac, you were also off by 22. Tyler, only 18, so not bad overall. But when you think about eight teams in a division, us being off by 22 <laughs> slots, Mac, that's not great. Moving on here to the Atlantic. Boston sits in first place. And, boys, we were off on this one, too. Ty, you and I had them fourth place in the wild card. Mac, you had them fifth, not sniffing the playoffs. They sit at 18-3. and three. They set a record for 12 straight home wins to open a season. Something that might never be beaten because that's just a ridiculous and random one overall. But Ty, you touched on Allmark, so take it away with the bees. Yeah, and I touched on Allmark when we did our goalie rankings of like who we think are starters. Man, Allmark's numbers, I I read them out from when he was at the Buffalo Sabres, who were a terrible team. Man, he was like the only bright spot of the Sabres those couple of years. So he moves on to Boston. He tandems with Jeremy Swayman. We all think Swayman's going to be the starter. And all of a sudden, Linus Allmark takes over the starting duty, and he's arguably been the best goaltender in the National Hockey League so far, if you want to look at stats. So I've loved what he's done. I love what they did without Charlie McAvoy to start the year, even Matt Grizzlick. They, they were just getting it done with random guys, even like an Anton Strahlman who turned to PTO into a deal. He was getting some games. Maybe he wasn't playing well, but was playing minutes. And Mac, David Krejci coming back for me has been the X factor. He has been awesome. He looks like the old David Krejci we saw a few seasons ago and is a big reason why the Bruins are the best team in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, I, I disagree with the best team in the National Hockey League overall. Uh, I still think the Devils are that team right now. Uh, they are that guy right now, as, as people say. Uh, Boston is still offensively five-on-five, 
aren't that great, but they're getting a lot of power play success, and their defense has been very, very good, uh, especially since McAvoy and Grizzly came back full-time. Um, and they're just going to keep getting better and better defensively. And, and like you said, Allmark's been great. Um, but they are top five in uh, goal scored above expected. So expect those offensive numbers to come down a little bit as the season progresses. Uh, and I still think, you know, the Leafs are kind of on the opposite side of that spectrum where they've scored a lot less than they've expected. Um, so I think they're going to catch up eventually. And I still have the Leafs winning that division. Yeah, I could see it too. I think Boston's been super impressive. And the one thing I'll throw out there with Boston is we said before the season, they're kind of looking at this as their version of a last dance with their guys on expiring deals. What are they going to go out and get at the deadline? Do they mess with the mojo of the group that's been clicking so well to start the year after we saw a situation unfold earlier in the year with that? Um, Or do they go out and add somebody big who could make a, a difference night in, night out? Really curious to see what they do. I think they're going to get creative. So that's a team to watch over the next couple of months here because they've been known to pounce a little bit before the deadline in prior years. Uh, But sitting second in the division are the Toronto Maple Leafs. All three of us had them first. They've got a lot of OT losses, boys. They've picked up five of the five of the loser points there, which helps the record. It, It gives them some separation in what is a really tight division. Ty, have you been impressed with the Leafs or no? I have lately. They've looked like a really good team. They've dominated some teams going back to this past Saturday. Man, the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't even look like they were in the same league as the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's been good what they've got done, especially with Murray going out early and then Samsonov getting hurt. And obviously they're into what their 11th, 12th defenseman on their depth chart. And it's impressive what they're doing. So I like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think they'll win the division. I still think the Boston Bruins will continue this and end up winning the Atlantic division, but the Leafs are a scary regular season team for the last, what, three, four, five seasons. I think with this team, we just got to see how they do in round one. I still think they're going to win a division. They have been so unlucky with scoring. Look at Matthews. That guy should have like 20 goals by now. Uh, with the amount of shots he's putting up and going to expect the goals he's, he's supposed to have. Uh, like I said, they're minus 8.9 going into tonight and expected goals for, or sorry, goals scored above expected. So their offense still has to come a long way and their defense playing as well as it has along with those goal, goalie tandem. Uh, I think they're going to score a heck of a lot more. Matthew still hasn't really heated up yet. And we all know that's coming after last year. Uh, he's hungry. He's going to get hungrier the more he doesn't score that often. Uh, and I, like I said, I still have them on track to win a division for sure. Uh, a team that has been great in my eyes, and I called it the Detroit Red Wings sitting in third place. I believe I said they would be fifth. Each of you said they would be sixth come the end of the season here, but I bet on them to make the playoffs. So clearly I didn't keep my own story straight, but they're sitting in third. Dylan Larkin looks great. Huso looks great. Ty, anybody else I'm missing? Dominic Kubalik, this guy was starting on the fourth line to start the year, and all of a sudden, boom, they get a couple injuries. Verona, unfortunately, has to go to the player assistance program, and Dominic Kubalik finds himself on the first power play, on the first line, and the former Chicago Blackhawk is absolutely killing it. So I've liked what he's done. You mentioned Billy Huso. I think we all kind of had high expectations after what we saw him do in St. Louis, where he was arguably better than Jordan Bennington for a lot of last season, and he's really proved that it was a good decision by Steve Eiserman to bring him in pair him with Alex Nadelkovich. It's been a great goaltending tandem, which the Detroit Red Wings just haven't had in quite some time. So yeah, sixth for me, Mac, was pretty low. Uh, I was excited about them like I was with the Ottawa Senators, maybe a bit higher expectations for me for Detroit, and and they've proven that so far. I just want to see if they can stay within that top four. That's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah, I don't have it. I, I, um, 
I still have them where I had them before the season, and that's because of the teams behind them. Um, teams like Florida, teams like Tampa, again, those teams haven't got hot yet. Detroit hasn't played that well. Uh, they have got some lucky wins here and there, and they really haven't played anybody that great for long stretches of the time coming into this. Uh, they were playing all bottom feeders for the last five or six games, I think the, the announcers said today. Um, so I still have them kind of finishing near the bottom. Um, but I just don't think they've played as good as they show on paper right now. That's fair. That's fair. And one team that uh, had a, a couple roller coasters to start the season, but they've kind of found their groove as of late, the Tampa Bay Lightning. There was a lot of talk about Vassy early on. We said last episode, and we'll say it again, you can't count out him. You should never think that he's going to regress by any means. They're scoring decent. They're, they don't have a crazy record, fellas, at 12-7-1, and one, but I think we all know that they're going to end up in the playoffs. Tyler, what would you say with Tampa? Yeah, ho-hum. They're just kind of doing what they're doing and being an average team. And meanwhile, they might make it to the Eastern Conference Final once again. Like, they were hot at the start of the year. Steven Stamkos was on a different planet. He tapered off just a little. He's picking up a couple more points now. Nikita Kucherov has been one of the best players so far in the National Hockey League. So that's fun when he's healthy. The NHL is a more fun league to watch. But at the end of the day, Mac, the Tampa Bay Lightning will make the playoffs. Doesn't matter where, whether it's in the top three or a wild card spot. And we almost know they're going to go on a deep run. So that's why we don't even need to even watch Tampa Bay Lightning games this year. We can just be like, all right, they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to make a deep run. For sure. I think the only thing that scares me this year is their defense a little bit. Uh, that third pairing, I believe, is still Myers at this point, uh, Philip Myers. And and that's, I don't think, great enough for a, a long playoff run as they have in the past couple of years. Um, their expected goals against per 60 right now is sitting 22nd in the league. Uh, and that's not where it has been the last couple of years. And Vasilevsky hasn't really protected that all that much. So hopefully they can bring that up and uh, start to play better defensively as well. Yeah, the other team in Florida there, the Panthers. Mac, you and I had them at third. Tyler, you had them second. They're currently fifth with a record of 10-8-3. I haven't seen it most nights from Florida. And then one night they'll turn it on and I go, oh, I'm intrigued. And then they're right back down the next game. Tyler, what do you think about the Caps so far? Yeah, pure mediocrity, right? As to quote Mac, they're like mid. They're a mid team and that's what they are. And I don't know if they'd be doing better this year with Andrew Burnett. Honestly, I think they might be like when Brunette came in last year for Quenville, they were scoring like four plus goals. It seemed like every single game. And all of a sudden Maurice comes in. They're a bit of a different team. The injury bug really hasn't been there, I guess. Like Ekblad was out for a little, but they were still getting it done defensively. Um, but yeah, they're a very mediocre team right now. And I had them second. You guys had them third, guys. I could see them finishing fourth or fifth. Just the way things are shaking out of the Atlantic this year. I don't know uh, what's up with the Panthers, Mac. Yeah, I, th I think they kind of fall into the category of the Carolina Hurricanes right now, where they're getting unlucky a lot of their a lot of their games. Um, they're still sitting in second in the league and expected goals for per 60 at five on five. Their power play hasn't really clicked so far this year. So maybe that's something that they can bring up to, to par from the last couple of years that helped them reach the playoffs and help them win the Atlantic division last year. Um, so I still have, I still have hope that they can finish top three in the, this, this division uh over teams like Detroit and and surpass Tampa Bay along the way as well yeah uh, I did forget to mention another team that I forgot to keep my story straight on because they uh I had them I had them inside the playoffs but I bet on them to be outside of the playoffs so uh let's hope they miss it for my wallet the rankings 
whatever. We'll revisit these next winter and we'll all be wrong anyway. Um, so moving on here, the Canadians. I had them eighth. Tyler had them eighth. Mac had them seventh. They're sitting in sixth. They're fun. They're fun. That's what I'm going to say. Tyler, what do you think? Arguably the most fun team to watch in the National Hockey League. Man, just watching Caulfield and Suzuki go at it on a line, watching Kirby Doc give it to the Chicago Blackhawks fans, even though he didn't want to trade, but it was fun anyway. Um, they're a really fun team to watch defensively too. Like they're getting it done with a lot of rookies. Allen and Montebo are just meh in between the pipes. We can almost forget about their goaltending, but Mac, it's all about entertaining the fans this year, entertaining us watching the games. And at the end of the day, we all want them to finish in eighth. I want to see the Montreal Canadiens get another high draft pick and kind of get this process going. Slavkovsky hasn't really been able to show much, especially since he's playing a lot in the bottom six. But yeah, turning on Montreal Canadiens games is fun. I just want to see them lose more and finish in a worse position. Yeah, there's a, there's a chart that a guy named Jay Fresh on Twitter does, and it's kind of like a, a high offense, high, or high defense, high offense, low defense. And that's kind of where Montreal is right now. It means everything is happening on the ice. High offense, not much defense. It's fun to watch, but uh, it has to have Marty Squirrel on the bench a little bit on the defensive side, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. We're uh, on to the 15th team here of the uh, review, fellas, and it's the first team that we have gotten a, predict a prediction right. Excuse me, Tyler. You and I each had the Buffalo Sabres sitting in seventh place. Go Sabres. We nailed this one so far. Tage Thompson, guy's a beauty, but that's not helping the Sabres enough. They are 9-12. and 12. Do not have an overtime loss, which again pulls them down a little bit from the Montreal's, the Tampa, Florida, Detroit, middle of the pack there. Ty, what do you think about Sabres right now? Uh, they could use Dominic Hasek, who I think is on the back of your jersey. So the Dominator would fit in well right now with Eric Comrie down, with Craig Anderson there. UPLs came up from Rochester, and that's an exciting storyline if you're a Sabres fan or just a big Uko Pekalukunen fan, which I am. So there's that. And, and kind of like Montreal, they're a fun team to watch. They went on a little bit of a run, then they went on a little bit of a run in the opposite direction. Well, a big run. What was it? Seven or eight losses in a row, whatever it was for the Sabres. So if they're going to be a non-playoff team, just do terribly this year. Don't miss the playoffs by like five or eight points or something like that because Kevin Adams could use another high draft pick. That would be nice if you're the Sabres. Maybe draft a forward that can play with Tage Thompson. Maybe draft a defenseman that can play behind Darlene and Power. Yeah, if you're the Sabres, Mac, I just want you to do as bad as possible. And yeah, they won't be in the playoffs this year. No, not a chance. I mean, just like I said, for Montreal, where everything is happening, everything is happening for the Sabres and, and their offense and defense right now as well. Uh, they're scoring lots of goals, which is fun for the team and fun for the fans while you're in a rebuild. And that's kind of the way to do it. I feel like uh, other teams are doing it not the same where they're not scoring a lot and they're getting scored on a lot. Uh, so at least the Sabres are making games fun and making a lot of goals for the fans. And, and guys like Tage Thompson, like you said, are, are highlight real goals or, or plays around Matthews every night. And it's it's super fun to watch. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, another team that was kind of in that young, fun bubble here in the Atlantic Division is the Ottawa Senators. Mac, let the record show you had them making the wild card spot fourth place here. I believe I had them sixth, and Tyler, you had them fifth. Fellas, they're not very good. They're 8, 12, and 1. They, they're doing well some nights. They're scoring goals some nights, but as a whole, this Ottawa Senators team is not it. Tyler, what would you fix if you were in charge of the Sens? 
Oh man, I'd fix the defense core. Uh, it's been rough this year. I'd get Nikita Zaitsev out of town, which we know Pierre Doran has been trying to do. All the insiders tell us every single week. They're like, yeah, they're trying to get rid of Nikita Zaitsev. Who wants to take Nikita Zaitsev? They're trying to get Jacob Chikrin. It's hard to get Jacob Chikrin unless you want to give up like Bernard Docker or Pinto or someone like that. And we know Pierre Dorian does not want to give up young, talented players that are going to be on this roster for a long time. So uh, with Ottawa, I kind of had a feeling they would miss the playoffs. That's why I had them in fifth by like 10 points or something like that. But man, I was worried about them on the ice. On paper, they look great. But Mac, on the ice, they just haven't been able to really put together 60-minute efforts, and it's really shown so far 20-plus games in. Yeah, and I think a lot of I, – I, I still have them maybe making a push for the playoffs. They've been a lot – they've been unlucky, just like the Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers and the Panthers. And obviously those teams have a lot more skill than the Senators. But their minus 10 goals scored above expected is something that will rebound throughout the year with the amount of skill that they have on their forward core. Their defense are kind of – mid and i'll go back to that they're a little bit actually expected goals against right now per 60 is actually a little bit better than the tampa bay lightning but their expected goals for is 3.03 per 60 and that's fourth in the league right now so they're just getting unlucky in my opinion i think they're going to make that push to go over teams like potentially detroit potentially uh, guys or teams ahead of them i still have them finishing fifth maybe sixth yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on the unluckiness, I think, for sure. But we keep saying they're going to pass Detroit. Detroit sitting in third. There's five teams between them there, right? So it's a crowded division. But, fellas, it is the division that we did the best on. I was off by 14 slots. Mac, you were off by 18. Tyler, you were off by 16. Overall, our best-performing division. It doesn't make much sense for maybe the most competitive division. But, hey, we're doing better, fellas. We're doing better. We'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that. Perfect. Moving on to the Western Conference here. Another weird year out West, in my opinion. It always seems to happen where there's a couple teams all over the place. To kick us off in the Central Division, the Dallas Stars. I had them in sixth. You guys had them in fifth. All three of us had them outside of the playoffs. They're sitting pretty in first place. Jason Robertson's the story here. He's elevating Jamie Van and Joe Pavelski to crazy levels. He sits only behind Connor McDavid in points. And on top of that, Ty, they've got Jake Ottinger between the pipes. Yeah, you got to love having one of the best young, talented goaltenders in the NHL. We hope Jake Ottinger stays healthy because he'll be pushing guys like Allmark, Hellebuck, Sorokin, maybe for the Vesna Trophy at the end of the day. And yeah, if Ottinger's healthy, this team should finish within the top two, just the way they've started the season. And Mac, he's talking about Jason Robertson being second in scoring being first in goals as we speak. It is ridiculous. This guy's already like a top 20 talent in the National Hockey League, and he's oh so young, and he's getting paid not too much after he was almost a contract holdout to start the season. So Jason Robertson's been the driving force. Jamie Benn, where in the sea, is being a leader this year, especially on the ice, putting up points. It's really fun to watch. And yeah, the Dallas Stars are an absolute truck right now. Yeah, their goal differential above expected is plus 15.9, which is absurd at this point in the season. It's, it's third in the league or fourth in the league right now, and that's crazy to, to me just you know, as a league entirely. And I'll get to that point a little bit later as well, which is scary for another team that we'll talk about soon. Um, but I think they still have to come back down the level that we know them as, uh, as a not scoring team. I mean, Robertson scored a lot. Obviously, that helps Ben scoring a lot more than we expected. I think those guys, especially with their shooting percentages right now, will come back to earth. Um, but Ottinger, like we said, 
Love him. Have him in fantasy. Tried to get him in every league. Hurt right now. Again, it looks like he's out for tonight. Hopefully that's nothing long-term for myself uh, and for the Stars. Yeah, definitely. And I think the one thing that worries me with the Stars still, fellas, obviously I'm not saying Jason Robertson's Connor McDavid. It's a good 20 games, whatever. He is outperforming that contract already, though. We got four years at seven and three quarters. Like, that's already looking bad, let alone the next three years. But Boys, I, I think it's kind of a one-line, one-trick pony right now, right? Like I said before the start of the year, Tyler, you agreed they need depth scoring. And right now, I don't think they have it. They have some good pieces. I like what Sagan has kind of made of himself in different roles there. Obviously, Rupe Hintz is another guy we didn't touch on. They've got Heiskanen, who's a horse on the back end, but their depth isn't that great. And again, I'm going to bring up the loser point, fellas. They've lost four games in overtime. That gives them 28 points. The next team, Winnipeg, has 27. They've only lost one game in overtime. So that's kind of the difference again there. But, boys, we we weren't too high on Winnipeg either. I remember uh, saying, would we be shocked if they made a push for the playoffs? And you two both gave me the hardest no of all time. And I said, yeah, I guess I'm an idiot. Sorry, guys. And, yeah, we had them fifth and sixth between the three of us. They're sitting in second place. Tyler, what have you liked in Winnipeg aside from Josh Morrissey? Oh, man, Josh Morrissey has been unbelievable. Scored that OT winner right as we finished the uh, the podcast last week. But first of all, talking about Dallas first in the Central and now Winnipeg, I can already tell this is going to be our worst division. I hope I'm right because, yeah, Dallas and Winnipeg top two right now as we're starting December very soon is not something I think we'd be saying but Winnipeg's just got it done, like especially with Scott O'Neill having to go behind the bench when Rick Bonus was dealing with his COVID issues, and then he was like out again. He was dealing with more issues, and they're kind of getting it done with two head coaches, which is really impressive. But Connor Hellebuck has been the X factor. Their defense score, led by an aforementioned Josh Morrissey, has been the X factor. This team has been really fun, and man, doing this without Nikolai Ehlers, we're almost forgetting is very, very impressive. And if Nikolai Ehlers is in the lineup every single night, if Kyle Connor's scoring maybe like at Jason Robertson's pace like we expected him to, they'd be even better. So I think the sky is the limit right now for this Jets team. I don't think there'll be too much regression, but Mac, at this rate, they'll definitely be a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, Hellebuck's making his name or a case for the Vezina Trophy right now, right behind Ilya Sorokin. Uh, he's been the second best goalie in the league, again, behind Sorokin. And that's helped them get there. And they really haven't scored uh, as much as they really should have. I mean, their goals scored above expected is minus eight and a half. So I don't know if there's aggression. I think there might even be the opposite. I think there might be progression in that team. And they may push for that division this year because of how uh, other teams are playing this year. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, like I said, I was the one who said, boys, maybe they make the playoffs. So I, I like what they do, but when I watch them, there's still flaws in their games. There's a lot of mental errors that guys like Dubois are making pretty often, Shifley as well. Things that if you go up against a Colorado, a Dallas, a St. Louis in a seven-game series, they're going to exploit. They're, they know how to win, right? So uh, overall, I'm not super high on the Jets. I think Hellebuck has carried them a little bit to where they are. I think they're going to make the playoffs, though. I think they'll be middle of the pack in the, in the playoffs there for uh, for the Central. Again, with the loser point, though, fellas, Colorado is right behind them. They've also only lost one point in overtime, so or one game in overtime, sorry, and they're at 25 points. So everybody is neck and neck here in this Central. Obviously, Colorado hasn't lived up to what we sort of expected of them, but Ty, they haven't been too bad. 
No, they haven't. And this is all without Gabriel Landeskog. Val Nachushkin went down fairly early into the season. And, man, they've almost been like a Colorado Eagles bottom six. Like, it's crazy how many AHL call-ups they've had to make. And they had to go out and sign Alex Galchenyuk today. He was playing with the Eagles as well. So uh, it's a full-team effort up front for Jared Bednar this year on the back end. They've just been solid. Georgiev's been pretty good. I think where I want to see them get better, Mac, is at home at Ball Arena. Like, how crazy was that building last year on their way to winning a Stanley Cup? And and they've been fairly average at home uh, from what I've seen this season. So I want to see the Avalanche do better there. But come the new year, when Landis Cog's hopefully back in the lineup, when Val Nachushin's back at some point, maybe at the end of this calendar year, uh, the Colorado Avalanche are, are going to be that scary team again. I think I agree. I think it's scary for the rest of the league how average the team has been so far and how good they can be when all their guys are healthy. I mean, their expected goals for right now is sitting at 20th in the league. Wild. Right now, their best player, in my opinion, obviously behind McKinnon McCarr, has been Alex Georgiev. He's been lights out so far for them. He's stole a few games where they've got outshot 40 to 20, 40 to 11. Uh, I've seen a couple times, and 11 shots probably came off McKinnon's stick. That night, uh, it, it's just been wild. It's, it's been a completely different Colorado team that we saw in the playoffs, obviously with all the injuries that they have. I think Lanniskog's kind of in the underrated territory where people don't really see him as a, as a big name on that team, obviously a big name on that team, but compared to guys like McCarr, McKinnon, Ranton, and all those guys, um, his value is so undervalued right now in my opinion yeah and i think the last thing on colorado there like i said it's kind of that loser point it's kind of just the cluster of the standings right now they've played the fewest games in the western conference at 19 so if they play uh, three more games there to even up with the dallas stars they go one one and one they're in first place so like you guys said they haven't performed up to expectations but they still have the best goal differential in the western conference so i don't think there's anything to worry about if you're an abs fan right now moving forward though the st louis blues Talk about a roller coaster, fellas. Like their winning streaks, their losing streaks. What a year it's already been for the boys in blue. Tyler Bennington, what do you think of him so far? He's been okay. He's gotten better over the last couple of weeks. And like we talked about with the Rangers, man, if he ever goes down and they got to go with Thomas Gray somehow, uh, the St. Louis Blues are probably screwed. But they've been good the last couple of weeks. I think they have eight of their last 10 wins. Uh, in their last 10 games. So that's impressive. Robert Thomas has a lower body injury now. How is that going to play into things? Because I think Thomas has been a big driving force down the middle for them. And on the back end, they're just getting it done. They're a really, really good team. I think we all still want to see a little more from them. Uh, but I like the St. Louis Blues this year, and, and they'll be a playoff team for sure. Yeah, and guys like uh, Bujnevich and O'Reilly and uh, Kyra are starting to turn it around for them as well. Uh, and and they're a scary team if they get hot as well, just like they have been uh, as of late. So hopefully Bennington continues his success uh, and, and guys like O'Reilly and Bujnevich and Cairo and, and down the lineup just continue to, to make room for them in the ice. Definitely. Moving forward to the Minnesota Wild, uh, or sorry, I should say on the Blues, Mac, you and I had them second, Tyler, you had them third. So I don't think we're far off there, fellas. I think they could very well end up in those slots, right? But the Wild, Mac, you and I had them fourth place, each scooping the wild card. Ty, you had them second. They're currently in fifth. What do you need to see from them to get them up to second? Depth scoring, we need to see a lot more. We need to see some kind of better defensive play as well from Dean Evison's team. We saw it last year, and they've kind of lacked on that this year. And, hey, Caprizo has been one of the best players in the NHL. That's fine. But other guys got to start getting it done on this roster. We thought 
Marco Rossi was going to win the rookie of the year, or at least be a candidate this year. He's already been sent down to the American Hockey League, down to Iowa. So that hasn't been the storyline that Marco Rossi's wanted earlier this season. But Mac, we just need to see more depth scoring. We say it with a couple teams. It is huge for the Minnesota Wild to get things behind Zuccarello and Kaprizov. You need to start getting depth scoring if the Minnesota Wild do want to finish within that top three. 100%. Yeah. And Again, Flurry hasn't been it when he's been in net. Gustafson's actually been pretty good as of late when when Flurry was down, and now Gustafson's out right now with a with a hopefully minor injury. But uh, hopefully Flurry can kind of figure it out when he has a net here. Um, their expected goals for right now per sixty is sitting at fifth last in the league at two point two seven per sixty. That's just not good enough throughout your lineup, and I bet one point. Five of those goals, four per 60, is coming from Kaprizov and Zuccarello, as you said, uh, Ty. And that's just not good. Yeah, no, it hasn't been good enough. Flurry, I agree, has not been good enough. I know we kind of touched on that before the season. Going to need something out of him, and they haven't got it yet. I do like the Reeves addition. I think that kind of just adds some fire and some juice to their locker room. Obviously got good connections there with Flurry and Bill Guerin, the GM there. Um, but overall, like you said, Ty, Marco Rossi, I wanted big things from him. He recorded one point in 16 games and he's down in the jungle. So going to need more out of a lot of dudes in Minnesota if they want to climb up what uh, is still a pretty tight division here in the central. Uh, another team that fellas we thought would be there, the Nashville Predators. Mac, you and I had them third. Ty, you had them fourth. They currently sit in sixth. Nine, nine, and two. They've got a leaky arena, so they missed out on a couple of games the last few days here. But boys, that might be a good thing because kind of gives them a break to reset their heads here and figure out what the problem is. They needed a break, didn't they? Yeah, that leak arena situation was a weird one. You never see an arena flood like that, but that's what happens, I guess, when a water main breaks right next to Bridgestone Arena. We had such high expectations after they went over to Europe and won a couple games against the lowly San Jose Sharks. But ever since then, they just haven't really lived up to it. Man, Nito Niederreiter was unreal in Europe. All of a sudden, he comes back. He's not really doing much. I didn't think any of us had the expectations of Roman Yossi of last year because he had a career year. He was unbelievable, not really doing it yet this season. But, Mac, I still think they're going to finish but somewhere between fourth and sixth, whether it's sixth or fourth. That's probably either not making the playoffs or making the playoffs. So they're going to be in a tight battle all year in the Central Division. Yeah, and Saros hasn't really been uh Vezina caliber like he has the last couple of seasons either uh he just hasn't been playing up to his expectations and like you said Yossi hasn't either uh, which kind of translates to the rest of the defensive core uh, those are two top guys on the defensive side of the puck um Forsberg hasn't really got everything to go in yet this year and neither of guys like Johansson or Duchesne so um those were huge guys for their success last year and hopefully they can get it going again yeah, I'd push back on Forsberg a little bit. He's got 19 points in 20 games. Like He's not a guy I would put the blame on right now, but like you said, Johansson, he's got 11 and 20. You can't be getting a point every other night if you want to lead this team. That's just not going to work there. Uh, and Ty, like you said, Niederreiter, he's uh, he's still in the running for the Cy Young boys. He's sitting at 9 and 2 right now, but he's got a shooting percentage of 24%, so that's obviously not going to continue. Going to need more out of him. That middle six forwards, those middle pairs of D, they're going to need to be better. And we want to see a little bit better out of Sorrows as well. Um, but as we continue through the central here, Tyler, these last two teams, you got them both right with your projections. Mac, you and I had them flipped. The Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's group them together, boys, because they're not a fun team to talk about. We might as well, right? Uh, for Arizona, I'll be quick, guys. 
Just keep losing games. Just keep losing games at Mullet Arena. Give the fans something to cheer about here and there. Maybe a nice goal by Nick Schmaltz mixed in with some Gostas Bear magic on the power play. But keep losing games. And with Chicago, Mac, you know this well, they're kind of fun to watch. But with them, like I'd love to see them with one of the best chances to get Connor Bedard, especially with Kane and Taves potentially on their way outs, either via trade or just leaving via free agency. Imagine Connor Bedard coming in there, rocking number 98 in the Blackhawk sweater. I want to see them with one of the best chances to draft this player. And hopefully they just keep losing and losing and losing. Yeah. And statistically they've been a better team than the Coyotes, but their goaltending, as we said at the beginning of the year are trash and they're continuing to be trash and veg Melka. We'll just continue to win games here and there for the Coyotes and give the Hawks a better chance at Bedard. So I'm all here for it. Yeah, I think I agree there. Like you guys said, there's not much positive to touch on with either of them. I will push back tie on Bedard to the Hawks there. I would rather see Fantilli with the Hawks. I think that's an interesting one since he played for the Chicago Steel and he kind of just seems like a dude who would love to learn from Taze, whereas Bedard, we think, probably has a little bit more flash and uh, prowess on the offensive side there. Um, that's going to do it for the Central, though. Ty, you said you thought it would be our worst division. It was actually our second best, which shows that we know nothing. Wow. I was 18 slots off. Mac, you were 18 slots off. Ty, you were 16 slots off, thanks to the two last place teams there getting them in the right order. Otherwise, we were all on the same page. But to wrap it up here, fellas, the Pacific Division... This one's going to be a doozy because this is just a piss poor division this year. It is not going well for Pacific team. We've heard all about Vancouver's struggles, right? They're right there with Edmonton and Calgary. There are only two teams in this division with a positive goal differential, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, the two expansion teams. Let's start it off with the one that we got the most wrong. That would be the Vegas Golden Knights. We all had them fifth place. They're sitting in first, 16-6-1. Mac, what have you thought of Vegas? Yeah, Vegas, scoring-wise, has been somewhat top-heavy, top-two-line heavy, and top-pairing uh, top heavy. Um, but they kind of look good statistically as well. Uh, they're second in the league and expected goals four per 60, and top 10 in the league expected goals against per 60. So Bruce Cassidy has not playing really good hockey. I don't see that going away anytime soon. Logan Thompson came in and filled that void in net uh, so far. Um, Aiden Hill's been good when he's been in net for the most part. A few games here and there, he's been and awful like we expected him to be. But um, yeah, they're they're chugging along and then they look like they're going to win that division pretty easily. Hey, don't chirp my guy Aiden Hill, Mac. I love me some Aiden Hill. He's a big boy. I think he like won his first five starts as a Vegas Golden Knight. So that was pretty impressive. It's a good tandem. We didn't expect a lot out of Aiden Hill, but I think he's exceeded expectations. And as you said, it's the Bruce Cassidy effect. That is what's going on. Maybe David Pasternak and him didn't get along in Boston, but it looks like Mark Stone and Jack Eichel are really getting along with Bruce Cassidy, hence why they are looking down at every single other team in this Pacific division. And hey, Nick, let's just get them to play on the road. They're dominating on the road this season. It's really fun to watch them away from Team Mobile, and I think it's going to continue with this night's team. Yeah, winning on the road. They're calling it the Vegas cold instead of the Vegas flu in Vegas there. I mean, boys, they're doing it by committee, right? They've got 10 guys with over 10 points through 23 games here on the season. One guy who does not have 10 points yet, and I want to see more out of him, Phil Kessel. 
I think there's more left in old Phil the Thrill there. I want to see more out of him, whether it's on the power play or even strength. That dude's got more in the tank. I think we would all agree on that. Uh, but I would like to retract my prior statement. We were only off by four slots each on the Vegas Golden Knights. We were each off by five slots on the Seattle Kraken. Fellas, we had this ident- uh, division ranked identically aside from the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. So I'm not going to run through that for all the teams. We all agreed on them except those two we flipped. Seattle Kraken sitting in second place, 13-5-3. Mac, what have you thought of the Kraken? Similar to the Devils coming into the last season, I had them high in my rankings, uh, and they crapped the bed in their first season. And this season, they're kind of playing like I expected them to last year. Uh, they're they're good statistically right now. Um, they're good defensively, and their goalie are they're getting getting better goaltending than they did all of last year, and that's helping them win games right now. Yeah, this looks like early San Jose Martin Jones, doesn't it? Like Philip Grubauer went down, and all of a sudden. This looks like the old Martin Jones coming in. So Grubauer's back now. It's a great tandem to have, especially when you're red hot. And that's what the Seattle Kraken are. And Nick, I think you just said a full team effort for a team like Vegas, maybe minus a little Phil Kessel action and maybe their bottom six, but it's been a team effort a lot with Vegas. And it's been even more of a team effort, I think, with the Seattle Kraken. There's not a guy running away with goals like burkowski has been really good. McCann's been good, but like no one's really running away with things. So I think the team effort is huge for them. It's virtually the same decor we saw last year. It's just a much better cohesive unit. I agree. I agree. I like Vince Dunn. I like Justin Schultz. Each of them are sitting at 13 points from the back end. Two good puck movers there. Um, Random fact, while I I mentioned that I was stuck at the airport yesterday for a canceled flight, I was going through my contacts and realized I had Matty Benier's number from back in the day. So shout out to him. He's been a stud so far on the Kraken this year and the tail end of last. Any guesses as to how many maps I have in my phone, fellas? 14. Good guess, Matt. Seven. 23. I have 23 mats in my phone. Like, wow. Parents, let's pick a new name. Save me the trouble, please. Um, but moving on here to the next team up, fellas, we all had them third. They're sitting third. The LA Kings, 12, 9, and 3. I've been impressed with them on some nights, been pretty underwhelmed by them on some others. I like their depth. I think they have a lot of good pieces, but I think we can see more out of them. So, uh, would I be shocked if they climbed up the ranks here? No. Tyler, would you be? Maybe a little. I think they are going to finish in third place. It's probably where I had them before the season. I just think the Kings are like that perfect third place team in this division. And maybe Seattle regresses a little. Maybe one of the Alberta teams catches fire. But I think the Kings are staying here. They are not going to get home ice in the first round of the playoffs. They'll be on the road, but I think they'll be just fine. And at some points, Fiala, Kempe, and Kopitar will get red hot. This Kings team will be just fine. They they just kind of get get it done with a group effort defensively as well. And there's been some injuries here and there, but still like put the Kings throw out there every night. Yeah, and their goaltending hasn't really been there yet either. Uh, I think both Quick and Pedersen have a lot to prove this year, um, and I think they can get it done. Again, we both have all three of us had them at third, and that's kind of where I expect them to be throughout the season. I think so too. And like I said a little bit before the division there, from here on out with the Kings, every team below them has a negative goal differential. So I'm not overly impressed by any of these teams coming up. I'll preface with that. But up next, the Edmonton Oilers, fellas, this was my cup pick. And boy, do I feel silly. McDavid's obviously doing great dry settle. We don't have to worry about that. Jack Campbell, Stuart Skinner. Is that the story for you, Ty? 
Uh, big time. Yeah. Stuart Skinner being the better goaltender is really the story for me. It's a story for Edmonton Oilers fans because they thought this tandem would be the tandem to maybe bring them that Stanley Cup like you predicted. And maybe it still could be. But obviously, Jack Campbell hasn't found his legs yet. He hasn't found his glove. It sometimes looks like he's not even wearing a glove. I think uh, Ty and I agreed on that beginning of the season where we said Ty, Campbell just wasn't what we thought he was in Toronto. And and I especially just put him down through the whole conference preview. Um, and we're kind of seeing that now. Uh, I think the Leafs defense is a lot better than people get them credit for. And the Oilers defense is not, obviously. Um, and Campbell is getting exposed a little bit, but he really hasn't been that great either. Um, obviously, McDavid, as you both said, has been unbelievable. Hopefully, he gets back to that pace and, who knows, maybe hit 60, 70 goals this year just to have some fun, at least, for the Oilers fans. But uh, hopefully, we see him in the playoffs. That's all I have to say. And that's the thing, right? Like, we think they're going to end up there. Maybe Seattle falls, but they look pretty darn good, as we've said. And the team below the Oilers, fellas, is the Calgary Flames. And, I mean, you two had them win in the division. I had them second because I wanted to drink the McDavid Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, but overall, 9-9-3. Nine, nine, and three. Markstrom, nothing great so far. Ty, what's it going to take to get the Flames fired up? Probably, I like that one, first of all. Probably Jacob Markstrom to catch some fire. He needs to because Darth Vladar, the guy behind him, Dan Vladar, is the better goaltender this year. It's the same story with the Oilers. The backup has just been better, and that cannot be the case, especially for what both of these teams are paying their number one goalie. So the Flames will get there. I don't think they'll get to first where I predicted them. They're going to finish in the top three. They'll catch some fire, Mac. Um, and Jonathan Huberto at some point is going to go on a heater. We know that. Huberto has been all right. Kadri's been okay, but we can see a lot more from their top talent and 20-odd games in. We just haven't seen it yet, but it'll come. Yeah, and, and their goal scored above expected is is heavily in the negatives right now. So, again, maybe like the Canes and the Rangers and all those teams, they're just kind of getting a little bit unlucky. Um, some of their shooting percentages are fairly low for for where they are uh, in their careers. Um, and like you said, guys like Huberto, Toffoli even, uh, guys like that are going to bounce back and have – bigger seasons that they're having right now um and markstrom too markstrom was a better track record than campbell um especially looking back to last year hopefully it get retains that uh, or can get back to that level of play and uh, help the flames get up the top two maybe top three in the division yeah agreed agreed ty can you name their current first line in calgary uh let's see is it lindholm to foley Ruzitska? Is he on the top line? Yeah. Ruzitska. So they need Hugo nice. to get it going because that's not going to work out in the long term, I don't think. And hey, that's no shade to Adam, but he's not the guy up there, in my opinion, at least. But he deserves to be on the third line. But yeah, him on the top line right now is not going to work for the rest of the year. Definitely, definitely. And fellas, the next team up is one that we have been all over since the start of the season. The entirety of Canadian media has been the Vancouver Canucks currently sit tied with the Calgary Flames and one point behind the Edmonton Oilers. We all had them fourth place with a wild card spot. They are sitting in sixth, nine, ten, and three. Bo Horvats scored about three quarters of their goals on the season. Ty, what else have you seen from the Canucks? I've seen Andre Kuzmenko score a fair amount of goals as well, coming off an overtime winner as well. He is definitely my boy. Also found out not eligible for, eligible for the Calder. That's some bullshit, guys. What? Let's go Kuzmenko for Calder. I was all about it. But hey, if he was, he'd be, I think, above Logan Thompson and Matty Beneers right now. I will put that aside. 
We've seen a couple straight wins, though, from Bruce Boudreaux's team. It's been impressive. Spencer Martin, like, this is a theme now with the last three Canadian teams we've talked about in a row. You can argue Martin's been better than Demko, and this trend can't continue for all three of these Canadian teams we just talked about. So at some point, Demko will get get better, and at some point, the, the Vancouver Canucks will make that push, I think, to around where they were last year. Mac, I'm going to call them right now the Nashville Predators of the Pacific Division. They're going to get close, but they're going to miss out again. Yeah, and the scary part for Vancouver Canucks fans right now is they're actually leading the, the league right now in goals scored above expected. Wow. So they're getting lucky, and that's about, like, that will change throughout the season. They're at plus 12.6 expected goals for, or goals scored above expected. That's not good. That's not good for where they're sitting right now. If they were in first place, we wouldn't worry about that number, but uh, they're sitting in sixth. That's not good. No, that's that's what they would call less than ideal. Uh, on a positive note, though, Elias Patterson, he's looked great this year. He's looked great the entire tenure of Bruce Boudreaux there in Vancouver. So hope he continues 100, that. 100-point season in contention right now. Same with 40 goals. Yeah, I like that. And he looks more and more like a Sedin in every year's photo. I don't know if you guys saw that one that was circling around, but that was great. Um, next up here in the Pacific is the San Jose Sharks. We all had them eighth. They're currently seventh. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up down there, but boy, Anaheim's been pretty bad, so who knows? Um, but fellas, the Sharks are kind of in a weird spot. I've got their cap friendly up here. Timo Myers and RFA at the end of the year, Nick Benino, Matt Nieto, Jonah Gadjevich, and Evgeny Svechnikov. They can walk as well. And then on D, Scott Harrington is the only UFA back there. So it's not like they have big names coming off the contracts that they can deal out. So they're going to have to get creative if they would really want to embrace the tank and uh, compete with Anaheim there for the bottom spot, eh, Ty? Yeah, and this is a big test for Mike Greer. I'm glad you brought up a lot of those contract situations because if the San Jose Sharks want to kind of expedite this process, it's all about their new GM, Mike Greer. He has a lot in front of him. Can he get rid of some of these expiring contracts and bring in maybe a prospect or two, some draft picks? We hope he can. Can he deal Eric Carlson's contract at some point? That would bring a lot of back back some nice pieces. So maybe Mike Greer pulls that off. I still don't know how that happens, but maybe Mike Greer can work some magic. So, Mac, I want to see them finish in the bottom two where they are right now. And, yeah, that's uh, that's all you have to look forward to is probably the draft lottery for Sharks fans. Yeah, they need to trade Eric Carlson quick because he's been winning them some hockey games lately with some four and five point games. He's looked like a vintage Carlson out there, and Nick is all there for that. Uh, he's a huge Carlson stan. I guess that's another uh, that's another word that these young kids are using. And uh, I don't even know that one. I don't even know yeah, that one, guys. Yeah, it's that they're a, it's a fan. I guess I don't, I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> maybe yeah, well, maybe Nick maybe Nick can tell us in, in a minute. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, he's a he's a huge Carlson stand. So, yeah, Stan uh, Stan comes from Eminem like twenty years ago. So you guys are aging yourselves by thinking that that's a young kid's one there. Um, but fellas, do you think Carlson's gonna get you a haul if you trade him? I personally don't. I like the Sharks aren't gonna retain more than what four million off his deal. So you're still paying six million. Sure, he's had a great year. He had good numbers last year. But are you counting on this guy to be healthy the rest of his contract? I think he's lights out. Like you said, Mac, I love him, but I do not picture a team giving up many assets, if any, for Eric Carlson in a deal. Yeah, won't be a haul, but I still think you can 
maybe win the trade. I think winning the trade is just getting rid of whatever 60% of that contract for so long. So I think Mike Greer maybe wins regardless, but as you said, he won't be healthy most likely for the rest of that, but yeah, EK 65, I I hope he finds a new home. Maybe it's in Tampa. Maybe Julian Breezeball works some magic somehow. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the other side of it is maybe he loves it there in San Jose. Maybe they move on from a Meyer instead. Does that make much sense to me? No, but you could probably get a heck of a haul for him. So it'll be interesting to see, like you said, Ty, what Greer does there in his first uh, first kick of the can of a trade deadline in San Jose. Fellas, the last team here in our recap or our rundown or whatever we're calling it, the Anaheim Ducks. Columbus Blue Jackets are dash 26 in goal differential. Chicago Blackhawks are dash 26 in goal differential. Can either of you guess what the Anaheim Ducks are? Dash 100? No. Dash 30-something? Yeah. Yeah. Mac? 35, 36. 36. Hit the nail on the head there. Dash 36. How that's even possible through 22 games is almost beyond me. And they've gone to overtime so many times because that's where their only wins have came. Still no regulation wins by the Ducks. This team is just brutal, fellas. Klingberg better go. There was rumors about him signing an extension there. You better not. Like, they got to figure out what their direction is, and they got to figure it out quick because their whole little kind of will have fun and play. Mac, like you said, with the Sabres, it ain't fun right now. They've got Terry. They've got Zegras. Obviously, they've got some guys coming up. Drysdale was hurt too, but he hasn't done anything. So, Ty, what do you think the rest of the year looks like for the Ducks? It looks painful. Uh, I don't know when they get their first regulation win. I hope it's soon. We saw John Gibson get injured uh, on Sunday, I guess it was. He got landed on after the game-winning goal. So is it Anthony Stolar's net now? And that's not going to make things better for the Anaheim Ducks. That goal differential will just get worse and worse. And just like I'm talking about, Mac, with a lot of these bottom teams, like I already picture Connor Bedard in a lot of these jerseys. But if Bedard somehow goes to the Ducks, because they're going to finish last in the Pacific, and Bedard and Zegras, top two centers, they will lead the NHL in Michigan's every single year. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, Ducks have just been terrible. They, they're they the worst team in the league and expected goals against per 60. Uh, they also are minus 5.6 in goals saved above expected. So not only are they getting bad defense, but bad goaltending on top of that. So that doesn't help. And they're not scoring. So they really don't have anything going for them, except for those uh, reverse retro jerseys. Those are pretty sick. Could have been better. Could have been better in my humble opinion, but I do agree that they did a a decent job with them. Um, That wraps up the Pacific here. Overall, like I said, we were on the same page in the preseason rankings with a lot of these teams. Each of us finished 20 slots off. So all said and done, do you guys know who uh, who had the least incorrect slots overall? Tyler. Tyler. I'll say I'll, me. Yeah, you were. Taking I was going to say Nick. I was going to say Nick. Tyler, you finished seventy slots off overall. <laughs> I was seventy four. Mac, you were seventy eight. Fellas, that's not great, but that's why we're behind the uh, the interwebs and social media rather than calling the shots like Mike Greer that we just talked about. I mean, it's been a weird year so far, but the fact that we only got four teams right (laughs) where they are right now, not looking great for the end of season prediction. I'd love to see it up to five or six, but we got a lot of runway left here, Nick. We got a lot of runway here to get some projections. We can only go up from here at this point. So that's a good point. That's a good point. 
And I'd like to say the same for the Ducks and the Sharks, but who really knows with those teams? Uh, but, fellas, that's going to do it for what we're calling the Turkey Time Team Reviews. We've ran through all 32 teams. 87.5% of the teams in the playoffs today will make the playoffs based on the last 10 years' track record. So we'll have to check in at the end of the year, see if it came true. But now, Tyler, kick us off with People Forget, everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, let's do this. And Nick, you probably brought some turkey leftovers, some Thanksgiving leftovers home. So I hope you enjoy those. They're, they're maybe a bit stale after that uh, flight delay. But let's get into people forget here, guys. I'm going back a little, maybe not too far, uh, but I'll go back to 1979, 1980, when Dino Cicerelli was undrafted. Do you guys remember what Dino Cicerelli did while playing for the London Knights? He beat out Wayne Gretzky for the scoring title. He had 72 points and 140, 72 goals and 142 points in 1977, 78. He had a horrific knee injury and all the scouts, everyone in the NHL was like, man, this guy is not going to play hockey again. You know, Dino Cicerelli played hockey again. The Minnesota North Stars signed him and he went on to a career of 608 goals, 1200 points, nice little round number for him there and was never drafted. This guy beat out Gretzky for the scoring title in junior. That's just ridiculous. That's interesting. That's interesting. I like that one. Mac, what have you got this week? There's no the only guy in the top 10 in scoring that didn't win a cup, I believe. Cut this out if it's not right. Marcel Dion, the LA King. He didn't win a cup, no. I believe that's the only guy in the top 10. Huh. I uh... I played on his line once at like a charity game, guys. It was very intimidating. <laughs> No doubt. That was unbelievable. Played on his line, but you were definitely three lines behind him. Blue line, red line, blue line. No, no. Come on. I was young. I was young. I was ahead of Marcel a little, but he was he was feeding us right on the tape. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, mine this week, something that we teased on socials uh, a couple weeks ago there. I don't think people know, let alone people forget, that Gordie Howe only had two Gordie Howe hat tricks in his NHL career. The most games played ever until Patrick Marlowe passed him a couple years back or last year. I don't know, COVID, everything feels the same. Um, but overall, he only had two. And all the sayings were, oh, he'd elbow a dude in the face instead of fighting him. But I just find it funny that it's named after him and he only had two in his career. I've done things twice in my life and you don't see street signs and road <laughs> names named after me. Uh, Rick Tockett had 18, Shanny had 17. So those are the leaders in the clubhouse, but I just think that's a wild one. It just sounds better as the Gordie Howe hat trick. Like the Rick Tockett or Brennan Shanahan hat trick just wouldn't have the same ring to it. I, I think that's a fair point, but Bowen Street sounds pretty good after whatever. <laughs> um, fellas, that's going to wrap us up here for episode 10. Mac, any final thoughts? We're about a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully the guys that I've put money on start doing a little bit better. Uh, hopefully Lina gets better, uh, healthy, quick, because uh, – I got a lot of money on him. Same with Columbus Blue Jackets, and I'll leave it at that for them. Yeah, out of all 32 teams we touched on, since that's all the teams in the NHL, I want to see the Rangers do a little bit better. So uh, I'll be watching their games very intently. And as I said at the start, guys, I am watching the World Cup way too intently during the day, distracted from all of my work that I have to do. So, uh, yeah, that World Cup needs to end soon. Yeah, I don't have anything nice to say after Tyler admitting his uh, love for the World Cup. So, fellas, that's the end of Episode 10. We'll see you next week.